Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah and uh, chapter 23 of the book of Jeremiah. And uh, we had our Vision Sunday last Sunday. If you weren't with us for Vision Sunday, can I please ask you, if, if you call Arise Church your home church, or if you would like it to be, can you please do me a big favor, go to Arise Church on YouTube and please take 30 minutes and watch last Sunday's Vision Sunday presentation. Why? Because the Bible says that we should write the vision. We should make it very plain so that everyone who reads it may run with it. And if we as a group of people all know where this church is going, then we can walk this church into its future much faster together. But this Sunday, we're moving on from Vision Sunday. We're still in the, in the throes of it, but we are, we're talking about room for revival. And I want to share a message with you this morning that I believe is going to help somebody here. In Jeremiah 23 and in verse 21, the Bible says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time, at the same time. I haven't sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming they speak for me. I haven't given them a message Yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from the evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away. I am far away at the same time. I am a far away God. In this amazing passage of Scripture, God is addressing His prophets, His people. They're supposed to be His guys, His leaders, His heroes, His champions, the one who would share God's messages with His people, the ones who would hear from God and speak His Word, and change would come to the lives of God's people. Destinies would be altered. God's visitation would come. And God makes an observation about these prophets, and it's an incredible observation. He says, I haven't sent them, yet they run around claiming that they speak for me. He says they're, they're full of activity. I mean, look at them. They're running around. They've got jacked up calendars. They've got lots of activity. They've got an itinerary of sermons. They've got lots of ideas. They're telling people what to do. He said, they look like they are so busy. But in the cold, hard light of day, they might be busy, but they are ineffective. And God is saying about these prophets that they are, because they lack a word from God, they are an empty oracle, a prophet without a voice. They are a leader with no mandate. That's like you and I being a believer who doesn't have a fresh word from God. He's saying about these prophets that they are, they are just simply running around, running around, running around. They have replaced effectiveness with busyness. 
They think they can impress God and make a difference because of the, the thickness of their day planner, because how many things are in their lives. And God's like, no, this isn't going to cut it. This is never going to be enough. Just because you're busy, it doesn't make you brilliant. Just because you're talented, it doesn't make you anointed. Just because you've got people who know your name doesn't mean that anybody's life is being changed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And God says, man, I want more than that for my leaders. I want more than that for my people. And I don't know about you. I don't know what's wrong in your life, what's broken, what needs fixing, what in your world needs to alter, what in your family you would desire to see change. But this is what I do know. The God that we serve is not unable to bring change to our situation. He is well able to work miracles, to change situations to heal hearts, to transform circumstances. Our God is mighty and able. Anybody believe that out there today? Oh, it's not feeling like winter in this auditorium, I'm telling you right now. He says they are running around. They have high action and little impact. They have huge activity and very, very small results. And guys, there are some things in our lives that if we don't have it from God, then it impacts everything else about the way that our lives go. And God is literally saying, you know, He's calling out the folly of the prophets. He's saying, guys, what on earth are you doing? While everybody else might be clapping you on the back and saying, well done, look at you, you're doing so much, you're absolutely amazing, look at all the activity of your lives, look at all the change that, is, that you think is happening, look at, all, look at all the busyness of your calendar. God is looking at the prophets and He's like, do you have any idea that this is not working at all? And out of his observation, look at these prophets, look at them scurrying around, look at their hyperactivity, look at all their busyness. Out of his observation, God begins to ask some questions. He begins to present to his people an alternate pathway. This is what God begins to say. He says, if they had stood in my presence, if they had drawn close to me, if they had listened to me, He's saying, if only they would actually connect with me. If only, if only they would listen to me. God is literally saying, I want to make an offer. And here's my offer. Anybody who wants can have intimacy. Anybody who desires can get close to God. Aren't you amazed about God that He invites every single one of us to know Him well? He doesn't leave us at a distance. He doesn't remain aloof from us. He's not a removed God. He is present available. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that when I need God, He's right there, that when I call upon Him, He answers me, that I seek Him, He may be found. Amen. And God is literally saying, listen, it, it's not enough to be a prophet without unction. It's not good enough to be a Christian who does not have a deep and a living relationship. And I don't know how long you've been on this Christian journey, but what I, what I want you to know is that God doesn't want you just to live your life with a vague knowledge of Him. He wants us to live our lives coming to know Him. And it's the greatest thing of our faith that no matter how long we have known our God, there is still so much more to know of Him. And all that we discover of Him just changes the way we live our lives today and the way we see situations in our world. And, and God is saying, I want to give everybody who'd like to an invitation. You can have a relationship with me. You can come close to me. I want you to be a prophet who's got a word from God. I want you to be a people who have a faith promise alive in your heart. 
God's saying, man, I want to put out an invitation. The wayward can return. The prophet can rediscover his anointing. The person who feels dry and burnt out and left on the sides of life can discover the God of perpetual fire. God, God doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't ever write us off. He says, I want to give you an invitation. You can come and connect before me. And then he says this, if they, then they would have. If they had heard my words, then they would have turned my people. If they had listened to me, then things could be different. He's saying, he's saying literally, I'm watching you cats and this is what you're like. You're like, ah. You're moving from thing to thing, meeting to meeting, appointment to appointment, day plan to day plan. You're busy, you're going for it, but I'm looking at you and I'm like, for all of the activity, nothing is happening. Have you ever felt like you're just that little hamster on the treadmill? God's saying, I don't want you to live like that. He's saying, if you're not going to live like that, then this is what you need to do. You need to come to me. You need to listen to me. You need to hear my words. Because if you hear my words, then this whole thing is going to start to play out very, very differently. I want to give you an invitation to intimacy. If, then they would have. Things would change. Things would be different. You would declare a different outcome. And then out of the back of these two verses, in verse 23, God gives us an understanding about who He is and life and circumstances. And I want to talk to you from this understanding today because I believe that for every person, if we could catch what God is saying to us in the verse that comes next, it could change not only the outcome of these prophets of old, but our lives right here in 2019. That if we could understand this, it might deeply impact the way you face situations in your life this very weekend even. He says, am I a God who is only close at hand? Am I a God who is only close at hand? No, I am far away at the same time. I am a God who is close at hand. And I am far away at the same time. I am a far away God. I've got some friends here that I'm going to invite to come up on stage to help me illustrate this. Can you give them a big clap? Every auditorium, come on. Give them a big clap as they come up to help me today. See, literally what God is saying is He's saying there are two aspects to my personality, two parts of my nature. Come forward a little bit, guys. That's the way. He's saying there are two parts to me, two, two aspects to my nature, two halves to my reality that you've got to understand because for every single one of us, we are living the day by day of our lives with a lot of things that are close at hand and a lot of things that in any given day could go wrong. We're all living with them. I mean, every single day we're, we're running around. I mean, God, Bible says these prophets are just running around, but the truth is everybody here Maybe not today, but most days of your life, you're going to wake up and you're like, today I've got to do this and that and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Get their thing up to there and I've, I've got to catch that train. I've got to make it to that lecture. I've got to, I've got to get the kids to that football practice. And we're, we're all running around. And then everybody in their lives, just, just right there, right there, near us, we've got our friends, we've got our family, people that we 
care about and it's right close to us in our lives and we're concerned about it and it's there. And, and of course, we cannot ignore our social media because who are we without Instagram and who are we without Facebook and connecting with what's going on in our lives? And, and we've got our sport and we've got, we've got, we've got our, our, our Netflix. This is hugely important. I mean, I mean, today everybody's got something that they've binge watching, right? And we're all watching, we're all watching our Netflix and, and we've got our jobs. We've got that, that comes in here somewhere. And everybody's got a lot of things in our lives that are close at hand, close at hand. A lot of things that are around us. And many people in their lives are trying to connect with God only in the middle of this. Just need you to come in on the side just a little bit. We get, uh, we're trying to connect with God and we're tr- connecting with God in the middle of this. So I wake up. And I'm so thankful for my close at hand God. I'm so thankful that He's there for me. I'm, I'm so thankful that when I have problems at my work, I've got my close at hand God. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that when I'm busy running around and something doesn't go right with my day, anybody find that the most guaranteed time in your life you're ever going to pray is when you need a car park space? And even, even when I need that car park space, the truth is it shouldn't be the only thing that makes me seek God, but I'm so grateful for my close at hand God. Anybody find you just experience the greatest miracles when you need a car park. It's just, it's just amazing. And, and, and in the middle of trying to negotiate my relationships and everything that's going on in my world, I'm so grateful for my close at hand God, that He's there when life isn't working, that He's available to me no matter what life might throw up, that when there is pain in my body and when there is relational difficulties in the middle of my world, that my God, our God, is a close at hand God. Are you grateful for your close at hand God? I mean, He is there. He is there. And the Bible's literally saying, this is what the prophets are like. The prophets are going and they are, they are running around. They are busy. They've got meetings. They've got calendars. They've got appointments. They've all got jobs. They've all got families. They've all got things in their life. I bet you they would have had social media accounts if they're alive today. I, I checked a few prophets before I came here, and I found that, that every prophet I checked had a social media account. So there we go. And, 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 and people, have got, people have got things in their lives. And the Bible's saying, literally, they're connecting with God, the close at hand God. And the thing that we must remember about God is that He is a close at hand God. This is not to deny this part of our God's nature and character. He is amazing. He comforts me in the middle of the storm. He is present when I'm trying to compete with multiple priorities in my calendar. He is there when the children are sick and I'm exhausted. He is there for me when I'm trying to get that assignment done to pass NCEA. He is there in the middle of every situation. He is a close at hand God. But the Bible says that He is not just a close at hand God. And the great challenge for these prophets and the great challenge for us as believers is that many times in life, the only God we know is the close at hand God. The only God we interact with is the close at hand God. And God's literally looking at our lives and He's like, I'm watching you multitask. I'm watching you then binge watch Netflix to recover from your multitasking. I'm watching you trying to earn the approval of people on social media. I'm watching you go through the daily events of your lives. And I'm looking at you, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you've got a little bit of me, but you could do better if you had more. You've got a good life, but you could have an even better life. 
Because in the day by day of our lives, we only ever are gonna learn this close at hand God. And God says, there is more to me than what you're gonna discover just by living a life that is in the day by day. See, we might discover His mercy and His kindness in the day by day. We might encounter His faithfulness in the day by day. We might learn the grace of God in the day by day. But part of our God will never be discovered when we're only reaching Him in the middle of the day by day. There's a part of God that we only get to know when we reach to Him, not in the middle of the day, but with the day. When we lay aside the things that are close at hand and we reach out for our far away God. He is a far away God. The Bible says He is close at hand, but He's not only close at hand. He is also a far away God. And guys, our God looks for those who will seek after Him. He looks for those who will reach for Him. He looks for those that are gonna go beyond the day by day and the close at hand and try and seek and pilgrimage and journey and long for our far away God. See, He looks for those who will come away to search for the far away God, like Jesus did when He went for 40 days in the wilderness. He looks for those who will climb up high to discover their faraway God. Like Elisha did on Mount Carmel and Habakkuk did when he climbed the ramparts of Jerusalem. He looks for those who will get outside the camp for the faraway God. Like Moses did in the tent of meetings. Because at the end of the day, he is a God that we can know in the close at hand. But he is a God that we will only ever know the depths of when we reach for the faraway God. See, friends, what is the ministry of Jesus without the 40 days in the wilderness? And what is the life of of Elijah if not for the encounter on Mount Carmel? And what is the book of Habakkuk if it wasn't for the vision given on the ramparts? And what would the life and leadership of Moses be without the face-to-face conversations with God in the tent of meeting? And for us, my friends, we must realize that we can live our lives in the close at hand and come to know a lot about God, and it's all good. But God is giving us an invitation. He's saying, would you trade running around for running towards? Would you choose the busyness of your life for the pursuit of your glory, of His glory? He's saying, would you go beyond the day by day, and would you reach for the God who is far away? God is looking for a people that are going to reach for a faraway God. There are things about our lives, things about our world, things about our situations that will never change if all we know is the God who is close at hand. I mean, one day the disciples were trying to drive a demon out of a boy and they were unable. That's embarrassing. When you're a disciple of Jesus and there's a demon and you're trying to drive it out and a crowd of people are watching you and you are failing, that is not a good day at the office if you're a disciple of Jesus. So the disciples come up and they're thinking, I never want to have this situation again. And so they're like, Jesus, we've been with you. We've been with you for two years and Still, we can't drive this demon out of the boy. I mean, we've been busy. We've been, we've been being your disciples, and we've been feeding the 5,000, and we're, we're a posse, Jesus, and look, all the crowds know our name, Jesus, and in the middle of it all, we can't drive a demon out of the boy, and this is what Jesus said. This kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting, by prayer and fasting.
He's saying a close at hand God isn't enough for this problem. You can come a certain way in your life, overcome a certain number of challenges in your world, have God there for you in a certain number of situations if you only know the close at hand God. But friends, I believe God's got more for us than just what we can be free of from the close at hand God. I believe God's got more power in your life than you'll know if you only know the close at hand God. I believe God's got more victory for us than we'll only realize if we're just intimate with the close at hand God. He says, no, prayer, fasting, you've got to get beyond the close at hand and you've got to reach for the far away God. The far away God is the one that delivers demons. The far away God is the one that gives unction to prophets. The far away God is the God who puts vision in the heart of a leader. The far away God is the one who gives you a promise for your life. And there are moments in our lives, moments in our Christian journey, when we have to step beyond just the close at hand God the daily routines and the regimens of our lives and the prayers we pray. We even have a phrase in sport. We talk about a Hail Mary. It's those moments when you just throw up a quick little thing, you know? I'm not here to say we should pray to Mary. We should not, but I'm here to say it was a joke. Roll with it. I'm here to say that there are moments when we do offer up those little fleeting prayers and God is there for us. He is close at hand, but there must also be moments when we push back, when we step beyond. When we reach out and we find that far away God. God's saying about these prophets, they're running around, but I haven't sent them. They haven't listened. I have spoken. They haven't heard what I have to say. And then God says, listen, not only are they running around and not only am I giving them an invitation, now I want to tell you how. How you can get that word. He said, I am a God who is far away. I'm a God who is far away. And in our lives, there are moments when we have to find the faraway God. When we have to push back. When I was 19 years old, I started full-time in ministry. And I think I was like the prophets in these verses. I think that's why I have empathy for them. Because I was working my little butt off. I mean, I was working... 70, 80 hours a week going for it, 19 years old, serving in the ministry. No one was paying me. I was just believing for stuff, living in my sister's garage in Auckland, just trying to make it, just working it, working it, working it. And every time I preached, it was like my words just fell to the ground. Like I was trying to be a preacher and I had no unction, no authority, no cut through. Nothing was happening. And then I felt God call me. I was literally sitting in a little bunk bed. And as I was sitting in this bunk bed, just after Christmas, I, I, I was sitting there. My friend was sitting in an, another bunk bed next to me. We were, we were like in a campsite. And, and, I, and I was reading my Bible. And my friend said to me, he said, John, I think God is asking you to go away by yourself and just to seek Him. And I looked down at my Bible and the words that jumped off the page in red, said, come away by yourselves and rest a while. So I I booked a little beach house, a batch, and I went away there for nine days. It was meant to be 14, but I was desperate for a human being after nine days. But during those nine days, I pushed back. No TV, no phone, no friends. 
All I took was some food, a Bible, and that was it. For nine days, I reached for the faraway God. And those nine days changed my life. That's not to say, and as we're starting into 21 days of prayer and fasting, I need to point this out to you. It's not like I came out of that and there was a new glory around me and everybody said there's something different about you, Cameron. And it's not like I was even aware coming out of that nine-day retreat that I was any different. That's the way it works with God, by the way. If you're looking for an epiphanical moment that will cause light to shine around you and your boss to give you a promotion tomorrow, it's probably not gonna happen. The way it's gonna work is that we're gonna reach for the faraway God. We're gonna feel this increasing sense of intimacy, something is going to grow within us, but then there's going to come a moment where actually we journey on with the days of our life. We look backward and we go, that nine days, that actually changed my life. That 21 days of prayer and fasting, that was the moment things came alive for me. That moment when I connected with Jesus, when I turned off my Netflix for 21 days, that was the moment that I finally got the spiritual breakthrough. So guys, we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is my prayer for each and every member of Arise. Not that we would just do this for the sake of a pastor or for the sake of a leader. I'm believing that our church together, all of us, are gonna know more in our lives, a greater depth, a greater authority, a greater understanding, a new level of victory, a more effective life, a freed heart, that God's gonna meet with us, change us, free us, heal us, transform us. And the way that we're going to encounter this God is by choosing to push back on the close at hand. So I'm going to say, you know what? I'm training my hour on Netflix for a prayer meeting every day. I'm going to go to a prayer meeting instead of Netflix. Yes, I said that out loud. 21 days without it, you will live. I'm going to, I'm going to decide no social media. Instead, I'm going to replace that with Bible reading. When I go to click on Instagram, I'm going to click on my Bible. And instead, instead of just being busy with the activities of my life, I'm going to choose instead that I'm going to push into His presence. Instead of, instead of watching sport, I'm going to choose to, what, to listen to worship music. I'm going to trade the things in my life. You can all step back now. That's me like waving you. Uh, I'm going to trade the things in my life that are close at hand and I'm going to reach instead for the God who is the faraway God. I'm going to seek Him. Let all else fade away and let the faraway God come closer to my life. During the season of emptiness, during the season when there is nothing else around, I mean, I, 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 I'm not, it's not, none of these things are bad, but I'm going to put them aside because there is a God who invites us, a God who says, I have more for you. I'm not just close at hand. I am this faraway God, and I'm going to give you an invitation because breakthrough is my desire for you because freedom is my want. Less work, more effectiveness, that's what I want for you. I want you walking in power. I want you walking in authority. I want you free from what you fear. I want you connecting with the God of heaven. And it is time to put aside the close at hand and to reach for the faraway God. It's the faraway God who gives vision. It's the faraway God who puts promises in your spirit. It's the faraway God who puts unction in your soul. 
And that's why, my friends, we must reach for the faraway God, for the faraway God. The band in every campus can come and join me. 2016, 2016 was the year, thank you guys, that, that we broke ground on the building I'm standing in now, the Arise Center. Such a day of excitement. It was a Monday in February, beautiful sunny day. We were all excited. Thousands, hundreds of people shouting hallelujah, people watching online all over the world. That was so exciting. Ten days later, I got hit by a car while I was riding my bicycle, fractured my skull, two broken ribs, a broken left thumb, a shoulder that didn't work for about a year and a half afterwards. My wife got diagnosed with a so-called incurable disease. Our church just went through challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge. Why? Because we were taking ground from the devil. We were working, man. I mean, I was working. We've got a building to build. We've got money to raise. We've got decisions to make, a church to keep together, things happening, and we're just working. We were running, running, running around. And then in February of 2017, we had our first 21 days of prayer and fasting. I felt the Lord said to me, John, water only, 21 days. No social media, no uh no, no television, no sport, just me, the Bible, prayer meetings, 21 days. I responded to the Lord. What the Lord did during those 21 days, I believe, changed the very course of our church. I mean, we, we purchased a victory supernaturally during those 21 days. We obtained a victory, I should say, supernaturally in those 21 days. Then we finished out 2017. The Lord just began to just add to our church. I mean, it was amazing. 2018, I mean, months that were 20, 25% higher than the year that had been before. The Lord just continued to add, add, add. We're going into another one, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It starts today. I'm not doing water only this time because last time, last year I started with water only. 10 days in, my body completely shut down. So I switched to three smoothies a day. That's what I'm going to do this time as well. But it's similar, no television, no social media, just pushing aside to reach for that faraway God. And I want to invite you. We're going to be praying in every campus, every day other than Sunday, 5.45 till 6.30, then in the mornings on a Saturday. And I want to invite our church family, 21 days, 21 days that maybe if you could consider joining us, decide what will you fast? What will you push back on? Because God is giving us an invitation. He's not only the close at hand God, I'm thankful for that God, but He's also the far away God. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.